I'm really excited for today because we're going into a new collection of talks that I know is going to be really powerful, powerful for your life. We're going to go through this for probably about six weeks. We're going to go through this conversation. I encourage you to be here as much as you can because this is going to be really powerful for our life. It is the last Sunday of April and next Sunday starts May and May is, is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we always like to have a conversation around that topic and around that idea. Because I know it's a thing a lot of us deal with, whether it's anxiety or depression or just fear within our mental health. And sometimes our life can be a really bad indicator of how things are going or be a really bad influence on how things are going there. Well, I think it's really important to take a deep breath and see what Jesus says about these things. To see what God has instructed us to do and, and the things that he has invited us into. And so over these next few weeks, what we're going to do is really have a conversation about one of the most important messages that Jesus gave his life here on earth. And it's from a message that he gave called the Sermon on the Mount. It's in the book of Matthew. Maybe you've heard about it before if you've grown up in church, where it literally is Jesus went up to this mountain and he gave this sermon. He began to give this message about what the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is like. And in an excerpt from this Sermon on the Mount, he gives these statements called the Beatitudes, these statements of blessing. And today we're going to start a collection of talks all around the Beatitudes. And the subtext of this message is titled, Talks on How to Be Human. I think sometimes with the noise of social media, the noise of maybe our voices around us or whatever voices we've invited in, that noise can begin to cause us to forget what it means to be human. That we are people who are called to be kind, unified, care for one another, to always celebrate what we have in common over what we may disagree on or that, what differences that we have. And we're going to spend some time actually talking about what it means to be human, to be the sons and daughters of God that he created us to be through the Beatitudes. And I think one of the most important things we can do in our life is begin to approach Jesus as the Son of God. And really, when we have questions, go to the Word of God and say, Jesus, what did you say about this stuff? I got to be honest, I may seem like I have it all together, but when it comes to home construction and like fixes, I got no idea. And what I, yeah, my wife just said, yeah, that's which is correct. I don't really know. But what I love about life right now, we've, we've, we've got this resource called YouTube where you can type in how to replace this or how to fix this. And you can find a little DIY video and you can become an expert. So when your friends come over and say, wow, did you do this? You can say, yes, I did. How'd you, oh, you know, I just, I just studied. Really, when you just depended on every second of that DIY YouTube video, right? Well, I think what's important is that we kind of have that resource already in the Word of God, in what Jesus has given us through this thing called the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's important that we approach what Jesus is saying. Let me read the Beatitudes for you really quick, and then we'll begin to dive in. If you want to get your notes out, I encourage you to write things down, because I don't just need this on Sunday. I need it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, all the way up until next Sunday. So here's what the Beatitudes say. If you want to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, here's what it says. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up upon the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around, and he began to teach them. Now let me set the context for you. I just love that you see the heart of Jesus here. He's teaching the crowds and so that people can see them, so that people can hear him. He goes up to the mountainside and he begins to unpack these beautiful things. Now I'm gonna read this out of the New Living Translation because it's what I teach out of. But maybe you grew up in church hearing it from the King James or New King James where it says, blessed are those or blessed be. Well, we're gonna read from the New Living today because I love the conversational tone of it. 
And here's what it says in chapter five. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And God blesses you when people mock you. Woo, that's good. And persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because of you are my followers. I like that. And here's a great statement. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. I love what this shows us about our God. That he's a God who wants to bless his kids. That wants to bless his people. Write this thing down for me. The first thing I want you to realize today is the Beatitudes reveal where true happiness is found. The Beatitudes reveal where true happiness is found. Come on, raise your hand today and let me know. How, who loves to be happy today? We love to be happy. It's why that Pharrell song, Happy, went off the charts, right? My son Shepard's watching a lot of Despicable Me, and that song came from that movie. So we listen to happy almost every day. It's good to feel happy. But the problem is if we find our happiness in worldly things, just like the world ebbs and flows, our happiness will ebb and flow. Our happiness will come and go with our situations, our emotions. But if our true happiness is found in the word of God and the person of Jesus, we can stand on the foundation promise that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't have to look for it, I can find it in him. Here's the next thing. The Beatitudes show us or show the potential of what can be ours. The Beatitudes show the potential of what can be ours. See, I think it's important to realize that these are the things of God. Everything that we mention. Blessed are those who are poor, for they will receive the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are mourned, for they can be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because God will be there for them. See, those are the things that can be ours, this rich and satisfying and fulfilled life. And it shows us these things so we can be invited into it. God is not a God of secrecy. God is not a God of confusion. He's laid it out for you. He's given you the steps. I was a, I was a kid who needed the color by number sheets in kindergarten. Because if you don't know, I'm colorblind. I, I can't differentiate blue and purple all the same to me. Red, green, brown, all the same to me sometimes. That's why my wife picks out my clothes, all right? Just be honest with you today. We're getting transparent and open. And I needed those numbers like red goes here, blue goes here. And God has done the same thing. He's saying you're looking where to place your confidence and your strength. Well, this is the potential of what can be yours when you trust in me, when you follow what I have to say. It's not confusing. It's not a secret. And this is the one we're going to lean in today. It's from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. My goal for today is to help you realize that we need God. Just because I'm on the stage doesn't mean I don't need God in my life. Doesn't mean I have it all, I have it all figured out. But we want to encourage you today that there is a God who is not far away, who has not distanced himself, but is here in this place today. And it's made it possible for you to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. That even though we may be poor, it's not just a financial thing. It doesn't mean that we're poor, that we don't have a lot. Jesus is using this term poor that means we have nothing without God. When we realize that, when we realize I am nothing without the breath of God in my lungs, 
and the person of Jesus in my life. I am nothing without him, and I've realized that need. It's then we become blessed. Here's a way to, I kind of rewrote it to think about it this way, is that blessed is the person who realizes they are completely destitute, utterly helpless, and one who realizes their absolute need for God. You may say, Ryan, I thought this was going to be an encouraging day today. That kind of really knocks me down. Well, I believe that this statement is, it is encouraging. Because whether we go through situations in our life or whatever's happening, I believe there are moments where we feel completely destitute. You ever experienced loss in your life? You ever experienced disappointment or betrayal? Nothing leaves you more destitute than feeling like no one's there for you. Utterly helpless when you feel like there are situations in your life that are just beyond your control. And then the absolute need for God, realizing that this can't be all that there is. There's gotta be more to this life. I cannot just be this physical thing. There's gotta be something spiritual about it because I feel the value in my life. I feel the value in my relationships. There's gotta be something more, and there is. And it's the absolute need for God today. And I believe we could be encouraged through that. So as we take some notes today, as we have this conversation, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And let's really invite God into these talks today. God, we love you. We're thankful that you are a God who is not far away. You are a God who's close. And we're knowing today that our title of the message, blessed are the poor in spirit. God, we know today that when we are fully empty, that's when you step in and we have an absolute need for you. So be with us today. God, be with our kids and local city kids today. Help them fall in love with Jesus and have so much fun this morning as they build their faith at a young age, as a church that believes in the next generation. And God, we invite you into this conversation today. We love you. We thank you. And God, as our Tampa Bay Lightning begin to enter into the playoffs over the next week, we pray for more favor and blessing. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. I believe it, and I'm praying for it, and I'm standing on it today. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Come on, give me a good amen. Let's get excited for what God's going to do. And you know that we love to pray for things that matter, and those things matter to me. So I'm going to pray about them, but I'm also praying for you. And do me one more favor. I know we shout and cheer a lot, but it's just because we're excited about what God's doing. Would you give one last shout and cheer for everybody watching for Church Online today? So glad you're with us. Comment how you're doing, where you're watching from. It's an honor to have you a part of our church, wherever you're watching from today or throughout the week, on demand, whatever it may be. And and again, we love what we get to talk about today. If anything challenges you, I always encourage you to post it and, and tag us because it just matters for people to see these encouraging words. I think about this Sermon on the Mount, right? I actually have a picture of the mountain where Jesus gave this sermon. There it is, where Jesus walked up to give this sermon years, thousands of years ago. And this sermon is actually, this mountain has actually become called the Mount of Beatitudes because these things are so important. It's so valuable. I think about it in two ways. Number one, I think about it as someone who, I love going to Disney, but I'm not like a Disney goer, right? Like, there are people, like me, I go to Disney, and then there are people who like, go to Disney World, right? And I love going with those people because they're the ones that tell you all the little secrets about where to eat and the fast pass thing where you can like breeze right through the line. I love that, I don't wanna wait in line. I'm not the person that when you walk up to the ride line and it says, wait time, 100 minutes. I'm not getting in line. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just go ride the teacups 10 times. I'm not waiting in line for 100 minutes. I don't care how good the ride is. But there are people who go to, the, to Disney World and know how to get the fast passes and how to bypass the lines and get around the crowds and when to do what thing because they've done it so much. And so when I go with them, I feel like, oh, this is much more enjoyable because I'm just trusting someone who knows more than I do. 
I think about it as well. A couple weeks ago, we had the Easter egg hunt event here at our church on Palm Sunday. It was so great. Saw tons of people come out. We were able to bless them with some free Easter eggs and food. It's just a great time. We love doing that for our community as the church. But I'll show you a picture of my son, Shepard, looking for eggs. There he is right there doing a great job. And I gotta be honest, during this little egg hunt, I was getting a little competitive because naturally I am competitive as an adult. And it's lived vicariously sometimes, as some dads do, through my son. And so Shepard, when he started, we counted down from 10, and he went out to grab the eggs. And Shepard's number one goal was to grab as many eggs of his favorite color, which is purple. He was like, purple egg, purple egg. Now me, I'm like, okay, good buddy, fill up your basket, that's awesome. But one of the things I was shouting from the sidelines was, Shepard, get the gold eggs! Because I just may have some backside information as to what was inside the gold eggs, some cash, some chances at some $50 and $100 gift cards. I, you know, I was just kind of enacting some of my knowledge I had as the pastor of the church. And I was like, Shepard, go get those. And he was like, purple egg, purple egg. I'm like, no! And by the end of these few minutes of Easter egg hunting, there was no gold eggs in his basket. So I was a little frustrated, but he was happy. We went and opened them. And man, when he opened those little, those little like spinny tops and those little Easter stickers and those little sticky hands, my goodness, you would have thought he was opening $100 bills. And I'm like, Shepard, this is great but these are worth like a penny, which is okay. I'm glad you're happy. Now, in a very more real sense, when we look at the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, I believe it's God kind of shouting from the sidelines, hey, here's the gold egg. I need you to pick it up. But sometimes we get in this place of like, well, that's not my favorite color, God. Or that's not the easy one that's right here. Because like, you don't know what's in that gold egg, and I do. And if you would just grab it, when you open it up, you're gonna see how valuable it is. See, I think one of the best things we can do is stop trying to live life through our own knowledge and our own expertise and begin to surrender more and more and trust on a deeper level what God says and what he's guided us to do and the wisdom that he's blessed us with. God is not at a distance saying, figure it out on your own. He's saying, hey, there's the gold egg. Just grab it. I know there's something good in it for you. And that's what the whole Beatitudes conversation is about. Think about it this way. Write this down for me. Why is this important? It's because we will never depend on something we don't think we need. If we don't think we absolutely need God, we won't depend on him. But I want you to know that when God forms you out of the dust, that's all you were, just dust on the ground. And then God, being the God he is, got close to that little sandcastle us that he made and breathed life into you and me. Without the life of God, without the breath of God, we would still just be laying there, not moving, just formed, but no life inside of us. We need God. We need him in our life. He is the one who makes all this possible. When you think about it scientifically, if the world was just a few feet or a few miles or whatever it is, farther away or closer to the sun, life could not exist here. It is so precise and so perfect that we needed God to be the orchestrator of it all. Again, people are realizing more and more, and this isn't a creation conversation, but I want you to know more and more there are more scientists and more studies showing that there is some sort of causal agent out there that breathed life into this whole thing we call existence. We don't have to guess who that causal agent is. It's our Heavenly Father God, who is the creator of the universe, who it says, in the beginning God created this world, this universe, you and I, and God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We're not guessing, we know, and we know that we need, for, we need him. And if you don't understand your need, you'll never depend on him. What I've learned more and more in my life is I don't know what's coming. I don't know what the future holds, but it's an old statement. I grew up in church and I heard this statement all the time. I don't know, who holds, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. 
And it's the creator God who's on my side, who's for me. It's the Jesus who I've submitted and given my life to. We need God today, and that means we can depend on him. If you've ever walked with crutches, you need that crutch. You realize, I cannot walk without this crutch. And so you depend on it. You put all your weight on it when you move. God needs to become the same thing. I can't move in my life without the support and strength of God. He is everything. So I'm going to give you four statements today that when we see this beatitude, God blesses those who are poor in spirit, for they have realized their need for him. What I want to do for you today is help you realize your need for God. Most specifically, your need for Jesus, because we live on the BC side of existence. Jesus has come, as Easter Sunday, we realize he's given his life, and he's conquered sin and death. I want to give you these four things today, that here's what we have because of Jesus. And maybe you're still having questions about this. Again, maybe you don't know what you fully believe. Just, be with, just go with me for the next few minutes, and let me unpack for you the God that we believe in, the God that we've given our lives to, and the God that loves us and is here in this place. First idea is this is that what we've been given because of Jesus. Well, without, here's the thing, without Jesus, without Jesus, I pay for my own sins. There's a bill that has to be paid. Just like the check at the end of the meal. It's got to be paid by somebody. And I do love going to, the, going to dinner with those people who say, hey, I got it. And I've learned in my life to not fight that anymore. I used to be like, no, no, it's okay. I got it. You know, let's split it. Now I'm like, sure, you said it. And I don't know if they're expecting me to be the other way, because they're just doing like a nice gesture, but I don't care. I'm like, hey, you said it first, man. Uh, you got it. Sweet. I got, a, I got one kid and a kid on the way. So like, hey, you go take it. You can take all you want. You know, I'll maybe throw a dollar in for tip. That's okay. That's who I am now. It's all right. But I also do it as well for people. But the thing is, is that someone's got to pay the bill. You can't dip out. You can't dine and dash on life. You got to, because we, that's like the worst person in the world. If you've ever done that, ask for forgiveness right now. But the thing is, is that in our life, we have sinned. We have added up the bill of things that we've done wrong. And God doesn't have this list to shame us. He just says, hey, I've created things a certain way. I've set up justice and righteousness a certain way because let me tell you, as much grace as God has, he also has a lot of truth. It's righteousness, justice, and love and mercy as well. And so when we sin, we break God's law. And that means we have been separated from him. And here's a big truth I want to give you today. It's a statement a lot of people say. God does not send people to hell. People send themselves there because they have decided to pay for their own sins themselves. God has set up that system because a good justice system has things that are paid for, but also things that must be punished. And what did we celebrate on Easter? That Jesus took the punishment for every single one of my sins. That he lived and died and became sin, who knew no sin, so that you and I could have the righteousness of his life and the righteousness of of the Son of God, Jesus, so that we could be forgiven and set free. So Jesus has paid for our sins. But if we continue to not necessarily believe and not surrender ourselves to the things of God, then we got to pay for our own sin. There has to be a payment for sin. Just as when you speed, you got to pay for that ticket or your license is getting revoked, right? It's going to happen. Sin is the same way. It's the, real, it's the reality of life. But the thing is, God has offered a way for those things to be paid. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Through my good works? No. Through my going to church? No. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Write this down. Because of Jesus, I have the free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. That's what makes it so powerful. It God, God doesn't say, okay, here's the bill, pay for it, and then you'll get it all. 
No, he says, hey, here's the bill. Awesome, I've ripped it up now because you've accepted the free gift of Jesus. Jesus took on all that punishment. He paid for the sins that we couldn't pay. He bore the, the cross that we could not bear, but it was ours to bear. But he said, you know what? I love you this much. Once again, Easter proves that God's posture is not, look how awful you are. Awful you are. It's look how much I love you and I've invited you to receive this free gift. Come on, if you're thankful for the free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life, Let's show some thanks to God today. Without Jesus, I got to do it myself. Second thing, without Jesus, I can only cope through my pain and problems. Anybody ever experienced pain in your life? Just me? Okay, anyone? anyone? Oh, wait. Okay, there we go. There we go. We've experienced pain. It's a reality of life from when we first skin our knee as a child to when we lose that family member to someone who betrays us or we begin to deal with those mental health issues. We experience pain. We experience problems. It is a reality of life. And the earth, the only thing they can offer is coping through it. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a wound over and over again and never putting on the Neosporin to actually let it heal, to let it breathe. See, that's what God invites us to do. I'm not saying that, that there's no need for medicine or therapy or counseling. All those are blessings that God's given us through realization and inventions and knowledge. It's great. And wisdom, it's all really powerful. But it does not substitute for the freedom spiritually that only God can give. And so it's a lot of times we're just coping. We're not actually living free. Here's what it says in 1 Peter 2. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd. Great name. The guardian of your souls. God wants to guard your soul. God wants to protect your heart and protect your spirit so you don't have to cope through things. You're living free from those things. Listen, you guys know my testimony. I lost my dad when I was 26 years old, an overnight tragedy. Now, I'm not coping through that pain where every day I'm like, oh, man. Uh. It's something I deal with every day. It's something I do, I do walk with, but I walk in freedom with it. And what is the freedom? Not that I'm totally walking depressed every day, but I'm walking through this truth that, yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it broke my heart. Yes, it made me angry at God. But today I know that God is faithful. He brought me through it. He helped me grieve the right way and be sad, but also continue to walk loved and cared for, knowing that, the, that I miss my dad every day, but I know I'm going to see him once again in heaven. I miss my dad every day, but I'm thankful for the influence he had on my life for the 26 years I was alive with him. And the thing is, that's how you walk in freedom. And you're not coping anymore like, oh, you know, I'm doing okay today. No, I, yes, it's, today's hard. It's difficult. But I'm not coping with it. I'm moving forward with it. I'm not giving power to my victimhood. I'm giving power to the victory of Jesus who is in my life and living and moving and breathing today. Here's the next thing. Because of Jesus, I have the power to be healed and transformed. I want you to be healed. I want you to be transformed. Past tense. Like it's happened and you live from that. Healed. Transformed. When you transform something, it's completely different. That's why those toys were so popular. Car, robot. What? Awesome. Shepherd loves them too. And life is the same way. Broken, hurting, alone, isolated. Whoa. Healed, forgiven, set free, strong, courageous, moving forward. How is that possible? Because I've been transformed by the power of Jesus. There's no power in my own life to be able to do that. But Jesus did it when I gave my life to him because he is the shepherd and guardian of my soul. Number three, without Jesus, I'm trying to find and create my own life. 
One of the biggest things I think that frustrates us is how we're constantly trying to find our identity and find out who we are. But we don't have to do that anymore. We've been told who we are. God created you. The very first verse, in the beginning, God created. Very first chapter, God created us. Human beings, in the image of God, he created them. In Jeremiah 29, 11, what does God say through the prophet Jeremiah? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This was in every single yearbook I had as a kid. Everybody had it. Big page, half page, quarter page. Jeremiah 29, 11. Never darkened the door of a church. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, which is okay. But what people don't understand is the context of this verse. Jeremiah wrote this verse when Israel, God's people, were in captivity, exiled from their home, going through a very difficult season. They were alone. They were defeated. They were broken. They were not home. They were separated from everything they thought mattered. And God says, in that moment, I know the plans I've got for you. You do not have to be lost in your circumstances. You do not have to, not have to surrender to your storms and situations. You can realize you are a child of God. You don't have to create your own platform or find your own identity. It has been something that is given to you, and you receive it as a free gift. And what is that? The greatest thing about your life, about who you are, is not a job title. It's not, about, it's not a relationship status. It's that I am a son and daughter of God, and that is all that matters, and no one can change that because it was given to me by the Heavenly Father. And people cannot take away what, what they didn't give you. I can only give it away. We're giving away these things to relationships and issues and social media stuff and performance and success. And God says, hey, don't give it away. It's too valuable. We all have things in our life that mean so much to us. We would never give it away. Your identity and who you are and your name means a lot to God. So don't give it away. Your son, your daughter. No one's ever told you that before. As the pastor of this house, you're a son, you're a daughter of God. And because of Jesus, I have the ability to know who I am and what my life is about. You're a son and daughter of God who has been forgiven and set free when you surrender your life to him. You don't have to pay for your own sin. You don't have to walk around coping with your problems. You can be forgiven and set free, transformed and healed today. And the most, one of the most powerful statements as we close today is number four, is that without Jesus, I'm living for or giving my life for joys that fade away. You know, we talked about mental health in the beginning of this message, and one of the biggest epidemics of mental health people are experiencing, I'm sure a lot of us in this room have or are right now walking through it, and it's the mental health issue of depression, just feeling so empty, so alone. And John 15, 11 says, I've told you these things that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow when you're filled with the joy of Jesus. Now, what studies have shown about depression is yes, life circumstances can lead to depression. Sadness and isolation and lost relationships can lead to depression. But one of the big causes they're finding now is that depression comes from doing things that once brought us joy that now make us feel empty. It's why we stay in those abusive relationships. It's why we don't let go of those hurtful addictions that we have. It's why we constantly check our social media about those likes, about those posts, about who said this about me today. And those joys fade away because they're not spiritual. They're not significant. And they're not from the creator. They're not from our savior. And what I want for you today, what I want for our whole church is why we invite you into things like growth track. Not a thing to do, but a life to step into, 
Because number, the last thing for number four is because of Jesus, I can have the joy of living a life that glorifies God and impacts others. What's your life about those two things? Loving God and loving others. Glorifying God with my life and loving those around me. Saying the reason I have this life is because of God. It's only because of him. It's always been Jesus. It will only ever be Jesus. My life is served to glorify him and lift up his name no matter what. And I know when I do that, I will naturally impact and make a difference in the lives of other people. I want to solve the equation for you today. And the equation is simply my joy comes from glorifying God and impacting others. That's why when we worship, we worship with our hands up. We sing these songs loud, even if we can't sing. Because we know we're blessed when we realize that we need God. See, a lot of us, we've, we've grown up thinking that I'm blessed when everything's good. I'm blessed when everything's great. I'm blessed when I'm doing all, the, doing all the things and checking off the boxes. But God says, today you're blessed when you realize you need me. You want to be blessed today? Take a deep breath and say, God, I need you because I can't do this without you. I need you, Jesus, to forgive me. I need you to heal me. I need you to tell me who I am. And I need you to help me step into that full life that you promised me. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Because we realize we are nothing without God and we ultimately need him in our life. Our hope for you is that your life would overflow with the joy of Jesus. As we walk through these beatitudes, you would see what is truly valuable and how to be human again. And the way to be human, the way to be human again is to take your life, everything that it is, all the good, all the bad, all the per perfections, all the problems, all the brokenness, all the mistakes, and say, God, here it is. Here are all the broken pieces of my life, and I simply want to put it in your hands. And God begins to rebuild it into a masterpiece you could never even have dreamed of because he is that good of a God. He is that healing of a Savior. He loves and cares for you that much for you to walk forgiven and set free. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Without Jesus, Jesus, nothing else matters. It's all about the fact that I can know God, experience the hope of Jesus, and live a life of purpose that glorifies God and impacts others. This is who we are. This is what it means to be local city church. This is what it means to surrender our life to the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. Come on, give me a good amen today. If that helps you, if that encourages you, would you stand to your feet as we close today?